So the Father blessed me with a prophetic word for 2020 and 2020 through 2029. And I wasn't even looking for it. This is how you pull down revelation, how you decipher revelation and how you walk in purity with revelation. And you don't dangle between two camps, the camp of evil and the camp of good. You're not dangling between divination and between prophecy. Be careful to watch for divination, even amongst the body of Christ. You do know that what is in the world is in the church. And because it's in the world, because it's in the church, it's in the world. Yeshua himself warned in Mark 13 that there will be a mass falling away in great deception because the people have an unhealthy, impure love for the supernatural, in specific, the prophetic. And the opposite of the prophetic is divination. Be careful you are not practicing divination. So as I said already, the key indicating scripture for 2020 and 2020 through 2029 is Matthew 12, 37. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. Now, I said that there was both positive and both negatives. When we choose to speak, when we choose to be the vessel and mouthpiece that we hear from the highest heaven and we're getting true prophetic words, it is prophecy and we will be justified. If we are in the camp of the kingdom of darkness, prophesying the doctrines of demons and of hell, we are practicing divination. Now, what I love about this scripture is there is an numerous, um, there is there there are numerous angles we can look at this scripture. Now, I just gave us a few. I want to give us another. One other scripture is when we. Sorry, one other point is when we decree a thing or when we speak a thing in this decade, in this year of 2020, we will be justified by that thing we have spoken, meaning it will happen. That's why we have to be extra sensitive and extra cautious that what we speak, because it is going to manifest. You know, when I travel to minister and I teach people and I go to different places between Texas and Louisiana, I always tell people, you will have what you want. It might not be from the source you want, but you either are going to get it through a blessing from the father or the father is going to allow it to happen by way of a demon. You are going to get what you want. So be careful and make sure I, you know, I always also reference this, this uh, phrase. Michael Jackson said, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I'm talking to the man in the mirror. Well, the Bible had already said that millennia before Michael Jackson came on the scene with the gangsaline. And the Bible says, I need to test my heart. Holy Spirit, test my intentions and anything in me that does not align with the word, with the plumb line, with the prophetic, with the image of Yeshua, with the image of the father. It needs to come out, creating me a clean heart so I may worship you and restore the joy of salvation. Renew a right spirit in me. Test me and know me. Know my anxious thoughts. We have got to learn to foster a a fellowship with the Holy Spirit and be okay with saying, okay, I may be a little off. We're not always good. We have bad days. We have awful days. And at the end of the day, we are human beings who have succumbed 
to the fall by way of the first Adam. We have not yet attained perfection or complete sanctification, sorry, the fulfillment of sanctification of spirit, soul, and body until Yeshua returns the second and final time. That is what the Bible says in Thessalonians. So we have to be careful that we we're thinking that we're all this in a bag of chips and we can't stumble or fall, that we're better than those who are unbelievers. I love what prophet Chuck Pierce says out of Gloria Zion in Corinth, Texas. He says, the only thing that's different between me and a wizard is the Holy Spirit. That's it. And the only thing that is different between us the sons of most high God and those who are not sons, the unbelieving, those who have not confessed as Yeshua, as Lord and Savior and has accepted him in their hearts and their spirits and their souls and their bodies is the spirit of most high God. That's the only difference. The Bible teaches us in Galatians, the workings of the flesh. The Bible teaches us the fruit of the spirit. I love that Paul also reminded the the believers in the early church, be careful that you don't fall. Take heed that you don't fall. While you're judging the other person, take heed that you don't fall. So this is all things that are encompassed in Matthew 12, 37. I am excited about this year. I'm excited about this decade. It is going to be a turbulent decade, but it is also going to be a good decade. I believe that someone told me that there was a national prophet that made the, the, the comment that there will be seven years of war and three years of rest. And we're going to get into one of the first principles of this decade, which is rest, but we are in for some war. I remember back in 2020 in January, I was ministering in North Louisiana and I was preparing for this message. So that would have been in December of 2018. I had never before then prophesied timelines and the spirit came upon me and I prophesied a timeline between 2019 and 2022. And we are going to have to war in these years to get to a place to where we are the ruling voice in whatever sphere, in whatever land, in whatever nation, whatever our alignment, our assignment is, we're going to have to war to get to that place. And if we're not focused on how to attain this place through, st through strategic warfare, we're not going to make it. We're not going to get there. We cannot just war just to war anymore. It has to be strategic and we cannot war the way we did in past seasons, past eras, past centuries. This warfare is going to be individual as well as the whole, because what we're looking to go towards and what we're going to is the formation of the bride of Christ. And with the bride of Christ, it is from head Yeshua from descending to neck all the way down to the feet, to the toes. We need the individuals to make the parts of the body. So the whole comes together. It is a time that we understand our individual mandates, our individual gifts, offices, ministries, characteristic traits, all that in between, as well as how to come out of the caves caves out of loneliness, out of a lone ranger mentality and into the bigger picture and vision of the one new man of the ecclesia and of the bride of Christ. 
Now, there is something else that aligns with Matthew 12, 37, and it is Proverbs 18, 21. Proverbs 18, 21, I'm reading from the New King James Version, states, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. This corroborates what Yeshua was saying in Matthew 12, 37. We have to be conscientious of what we speak. I am not saying fearful. I am not saying hesitant. Remember, I opened up this discussion with saying we must not be silent. We have to speak. It is the decade of the prophet. It is the decade of the mouth and of the eyes. I love what Apostle Carlos Bounds Lewis said when I was visiting Houston a few weeks ago, she said, we speak this year what we have seen. So the eyes and the mouth are working together synonymously. I love that. I'm going to take it further. What we see is what we speak and what we speak is what we will see, meaning that which comes from out of our mouth that is of the righteous side of prophecy, we are going to see it manifest. There is a time for prophecy to be futuristic. There is a time for prophecy to have a waiting period or to happen sometime later. This is not fleshly, it's not earthly, it's not demonic. We see this from Genesis to Revelation. We see the Ancient of Days tell Daniel, seal up this knowledge, this revelation for a time and a time. There is knowledge or revelation or prophecy that is to be sealed until its time frame. That is ordained by the Most High. But there is also a time, according to Scripture, that that which the kings, and we are a kingly priesthood, according to Revelation 5, what we speak shall be so, and it shall manifest. So Proverbs 18, 21 is simply saying, don't be silent or don't be in fear or hesitant to speak. Rather, be conscientious and wise and innocent in your speaking, because what is in the tongue, and James warns us of this in James chapter 3, is death and life. Choose, according to Deuteronomy 28, what are we going to speak? We're not going to practice sorcery. We're not going to practice witchcraft. We're not going to be soothsayers. We're not going to be in the camp of divination. We are not witches this season. We have to be careful of becoming witches. We are sons of the Most High God, and we are true prophets. We are truth speakers. It is the decade of the prophet, and the first year is the year of the prophet. Now, I want to get into what the Father revealed to me about this decade. And the way I came by this was I wasn't even looking for anything specifically like I had already mentioned. I had resolved that I wasn't going to go into a divination mode and seek him for the sake of seeking him. Rather, if there was something for him to reveal, he was going to do it. And this is what Jeremiah said himself in Jeremiah 27. He was speaking against the false prophet who by whom Judah and Israel were confounded and deceived because they wanted to receive a word of comfort. It was just the thing. They were in captivity. They wanted to be comforted. And Jeremiah said, may it be so according to the Lord, which is what let your prophecy come true if it is from the most high God. But Jeremiah followed it up by saying, 
If there is a prophet amongst us, let him make intercession and the father will reveal. You don't have to go around seeking a prophetic word because the father is always speaking and wanting to dine, commune and progress us. That's all prophecy is. It is love. It's communion. It's fellowship. It's direction. It's orientation. It's caressing us. It's improving us. It's causing us to crescendo. It is never to cause us to have an ego. And Paul cautions and admonishes against this in 1 Corinthians 13. It is the gift to covet out of all the gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12, but it can come to a place to where our pride puffs us up because we have a little bit of knowledge. Be careful of this. So I got this prophetic insight. I heard a word. I was reminded of someone who was speaking whatever came to their mouth. And I heard the spirit quicken me in my ear. You can't speak whatever you want to speak. And I said, oh, that's good. And then I heard in my spirit, go find where that is in scripture. And I found Matthew chapter 12, verse 37. And from there, it opened up an entire revelatory experience to give insight, to give cautions, to give exhortations, to cause us to grow and improve. None of this is to cause us to deflate. None of this is to cause us to stand in judgment. None of this is to cause us to be at a place where we're pointing fingers or that we're less than or that will never amount to anything. It's always to cause us to become better and to reflect the sun, S-O-N, to reflect Yeshua and not reflect our own image. So I found that there were nine primary principles in Matthew 12. And some are to our benefit and some are cautionary for us, meaning we have to be cautious. I'm going to cover briefly that the scripture talks about wise as serpents and innocent as doves. It is a decade. It's a year for us to practice Yeshua's words, innocent as doves, but wise as serpents. The first primary principle I found in Matthew 12 is that it is a decade of Sabbath. Now, I want to let you all know I'm not going to go into full detail of all nine principles. I'm going to highlight. I'm going to cover. There might be some I might break down a little bit more than others, but I'm not going to go into full detail with this. But the first of the nine is Sabbath. Now, if you go back to what I said when I heard someone relate to me that there was a national prophet who said there would be seven years of war and three years of rest. This aligns. Yeshua was saying in Matthew 12, 1 through 8, that the Sabbath was made for man and not for us. When we go back to the first days on the seventh day, in Genesis, it was the Sabbath. We don't see the Sabbath return until it's talked about in Exodus during the Exodus of Israel. It was the only day out of the first days the father told Moses to tell the people to honor and remember there is something important about rest. It's even mentioned in Psalm and reiterated in Hebrews that there were certain Israelites who did not enter into rest because they were rebellious. They did not understand the Sabbath. 
We have got to learn to honor the Sabbath and we've got to learn to enter into rest. We cannot get into religiosity. We cannot give in, give, get into this person does this. This person said that. I want to direct you to first, sorry, to Romans chapter 14. If you are ever feeling pressed by religion or by the law, read Romans 14. Let it simmer. Let it fester. Let the spirit fellowship and commune and minister to you and then be renewed. Yeshua was telling the people of this time, specifically in Matthew 12, 1 through 8, that the Sabbath was created for man. Therefore, if I want to go heal a lame person, I'm going to heal him. If I want to eat shrimp, I'm going to eat shrimp. What the Sabbath represents is a oneness with father and his sons and vice versa. And not just that, it is so much more than that, but that's the primary. It represents the fellowship, the union, the communion, and the symbiosis of man, land, and creator. Because on the seventh day, the father came into earth. And he stayed amongst his creation. He relished amongst his creation. He enjoyed his creation. He didn't say, I'm a God who is going to turn myself into a statue and I am going to be mute and deaf and dumb and inanimate. He didn't say that I'm going to be creator, but I'm going to distance myself from the affairs of man. I'm going to be in the daily activity of the affairs of man. And moreover, I'm going to be both father and mother. I'm going to nurture my creation, my sons, mankind, male and female, like a mother nurtures her child. I am going to cause my created to grow into maturity for fulfillment like a father does. That is the blessing of Sabbath. And in the final of time, the finale of time, we have got to attain maturity to fulfillment. It's not about remaining on milk and honey, suckling that's why in opening with the prayer, I prayed what was in Hebrews about the eating of the meat, not suckling on milk, which is for babies. We have got to attain maturity to fulfillment from now until the end. And we will learn to get there quicker when we observe, honor the Sabbath and we rest that is the first principle. That is the first insight for this decade. I am first going to talk about the decade and then I will get into the year 2020 solely and specifically once I complete with the decade. The second primary principle that we see in Matthew 12 is in Matthew 12, 9 through 4. We see that Yeshua is denouncing the fear of man. He is also combating the religious spirit. There are those amongst him. There are those in the crowd, the naysayers, the, the bystanders who are saying you can't do X, Y, Z in specific heal because you're not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. You are supposed to completely rest. The land rests, man rests. There is nothing you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> 
as far as would be considered work and healing would be considered work. But with the new law, what the new covenant came to do to abolish the religious law, what the old law could not do was to highlight and shine and bring the foundation of love. All Yeshua was doing was showing the love of Abba by healing the man. And that is what this decade is going to be about. We are going to denounce the fear of man. We are going to incarnate the truth. We are going to be the examples of living epistles to the earth and to man. And we cannot fear when they withstand us. Yeshua did not back down. He did not second guess himself. He did not go back to the father and say, oh, but did you really say Yeshua stood in the incarnated truth because he was the living epistle as the son of God, the son of man, and said, the Sabbath was made for me. The Sabbath was made for you, not the other way around. We have got to understand this, that when we're denouncing the fear of man, as we are the living epistles and we're incarnating truth, do not deflate or revert back to, but did God really say? Don't go into that effect. Stand in your authority. The third primary principle is that we will be set apart. And that specifically is the chosen. We see in Matthew 12, 15 to 21, that the father says, behold, my servant in who I am well pleased. He identifies Yeshua as the son of God and the son of man. In this decade, we are going to be set apart. The chosen will be set apart. We are going to be known for our love first vertically for the father. I told you this is a decade and a year about honor. We will be known for our love sickness and our diligent honor to the father, son, and Holy Ghost. And we will be known for our vertical love. That is the output we get from the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and the world's going to say, what is that? Why are they so different? It's like we're going to be Israel in Goshen. We're not going to be touched like those who were not in Goshen. Now, I'm not saying that there won't be any assaults. What I'm simply saying is there's going to be a setting apart. There's going to be a noted identification that the chosen are highlighted. The chosen are called and chosen. Now, the interesting thing that Yeshua says, few, many are called, but few are chosen. You want to make sure that you are walking as Yeshua walked because Yeshua could have chosen not to be the chosen. And thankfully he did. I mean, it was his birthright and it was for him to fulfill and he fulfilled his birthright and he fulfilled his fulfillment. We have to walk in his example and choose to be the chosen if we are called and not fall away, not just have something dangling over our lives, not just to have the laying on of hands for the anointing of the transference of an anointing of a predecessor or the mantling and let it just fester and just let it happen by osmosis. There is an acting involved in being chosen. 
There is not inactivity. There is not passivity. Yeshua did not sit and spend all his time in the prayer closet. He didn't sit and spend all his time away, basking away with theology and philosophy and ascending and descending. He understood how to have dominion in heaven and on the earth and later on, even in hell, in all realms. He fulfilled his birthright. He stepped up to the plate of being chosen. We have got to step up to the chosen. If you've been called for thus and thus, it doesn't matter what it is. You might have been called to write a manuscript. You might have been called to craft uh, design plates and bowls and and microwaves. Or you might have been called to go uh, purify oceans and seas. It doesn't matter. Whatever your calling is, make sure you walk into the chosen level of that calling. And I want to caution you, but also exhort you. There's going to be opposition. I want to take a quick rabbit trail uh, on this. I have a friend who I cautioned some time ago that when this friend was entering into new territories, I said, it's not going to be easy. You're going to face opposition. Well, this friend was hoping and praying aimlessly that when this friend entered into these uncharted territories, that everything was going to be easy. There was going to be so much grace. And I'm like, I'm not in alignment with that. I'm not agreeing with, I'm not agreeing with you on that. And I stayed my course on you're going to face opposition. Now, what happened when that friend entered those uncharted territories? That friend faced sure opposition for a while. I wasn't speaking any ill. I wasn't cursing that person. Here's what I was doing. I know the laws and the principles of uncharted territories. I know the law of being called and stepping into your chosen position. And when you're going into a place that is uncharted and that is dark and that the enemy is manning, that there is a stronghold in that place you've been called, you're going to experience opposition because it's manned by evil and you're bringing the light and evil doesn't want the light to come. So what I want to encourage you is I encourage that friend. I want you to know that you will be opposed. Don't give in to the opposition. That's what the second primary principle was about. Yeshua was opposed by the rulers of that day. He stood in the truth. He was the incarnated truth and he was the living epistle. He healed on the Sabbath because the Sabbath was for him and not the Sabbath. He for the Sabbath. So step into your chosenness and out of the called state. The fourth primary principle is that there's going to be an expansion of heaven's economy in this decade. That is found in Matthew 12, 22 through 30. Yeshua is being accused by those in that day that he is working evil through the power of demons. And Yeshua simply says, a house divided amongst himself cannot stand. If I'm working miracles by the power of demons, then I'm sorry. If I'm casting out demons by the power of demons, then I am destroying my own kingdom rather than working for my own kingdom. But if I'm working miracle working power by the Holy Spirit to cast out demons, then I'm working for a different kingdom that will destroy that kingdom, not empower it. We have to understand that when the accusations come, when the mob mentality comes, like it, we saw in the, 
the second primary principle, and we we are pursuing our chosenness, as we saw in the third primary principle, that our goal is now to expand heaven's economy. Yeshua did not stop delivering people. He didn't stop healing people. He didn't stop the miracle working power of Holy Spirit just because somebody said X, Y, Z. He continued to expand heaven's economy. We should look to see in this decade a greater advancing expansionism and uh, a trailblazing of Holy Spirit activity where there is deliverance, where there is miracle working power, where there is outbreaks of Holy Spirit, and where we see people delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Yah. That is the expansion of the kingdom. That is kingdom come will be done. It speaks to the promise the father gave about the salvations that are to come into the kingdom. And what we see in society today is there is a grave falling away from the structure. What I'm talking about is the church. People who are my age, millennials, generation Y, there are fewer of us in the church today. That does not mean we are not believers. It doesn't mean that we don't have a spiritual hearty connection with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It means that we are not standing for the structure. Now, there's a whole other side to that. The other side is that there is those there are those who are not having any form of connection, fellowship or relationship with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And they're pulling their power, their calling and their chosenness from the kingdom of darkness, practicing doctrines of demons and of hell. That is what we will face in this decade. There are going to be outbreaks of anointings. We have to discern which camp, which kingdom are these things happening. You will always know the source by their fruit. You will always be able to determine by the fruit. Our prayers need to be strategic and tailored toward these millennials, the Generation Z and the Alpha generations who are rising up into power as would happen in the Bible, that they get some recollection, some understanding and some know-how to honor the Father, to honor the Father, to honor Abba and to praise the name of Yahweh, to stand in the name of Yah and not the name of self. What Satan stood for, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, because there's so much theology about what names were, that's, that's irrelevant to the point. We know who we're talking about. When he wanted to advance above the stars, above Yahweh. Now, that's high. It wasn't just I want to be like him. I want to advance above the stars. I want to be higher than what's above his head. What we saw at the base of that is the same thing we see in Ezekiel 38. It's sorry, 28. It's the same thing that we see in Freemasonry. It's the same thing we see in um, many other religions that are against the sons of God are against Christianity. It's man first. It's the deification of man. And this is what the fourth primary principle is speaking about. Yeshua was not deifying himself. He wasn't deifying the kingdom of darkness. He was, in fact, not working miracles or deliverance by, the, by evil spirits. He was working deliverance and miracle working power by the Holy Spirit. And it was to reflect the Father. He was about his father's business. 
The greatest thing we are going to face in this decade and until the end is the deification of man. Because man is going to say, as man has said for quite some time, it's just now showing itself. I am the master of my own destiny. We see this in so many Hollywood movies. We see this in media, in TV. We even see there there have been reports about the first human being getting a microchip put in their brain so they can be a superhuman. The deification of man. And what the millennials and the Generation Z and the Alpha Generation are going to have to battle is, is this power from the source of Holy Spirit or from the source of the kingdom of darkness. And that's exactly what I told you all I did. You got to have discipline. So one of the strategic prayers that we can pray about my, for my generation and for Generation Z and the Alpha Generation is make sure you have the foundation. Make sure the word is alive, active, and hidden in your heart, that you have the books, the laws, written in your heart, and you are the epistle living that thing, and that by the works of your hands and the words of your mouth, you are being used and directed by Holy Spirit, not by another spirit that is deifying yourself. Watch out for that. But the good thing is we are going to see an expansion of a delivering anointing, of healings, and of the reflection to the honor of the Father, not to the reflection of the honor of the enemy. There is going to be a distinction. There's going to be a discernment from whose power and whose source is doing what. Now, here's a caution with that, and I'm going to move on from here. Just as Paul said in later books in the New Testament that the unbelieving's minds have been gravely deceived by Satan. So there's still going to be those, even when you speak, just as Yeshua spoke, I am not possessed by a demon. I am not in the team of the demons. I'm on the other team side. Because the people of that time, their minds were blinded by Satan. They couldn't see it or accept it. There are still going to be those that when you stand and speak for righteousness and justice, and you are knowing which kingdom you represent, the kingdom of light. They're still going to accuse you. You still stand. The fifth primary focus is increase of Holy Spirit activity. That's found in Matthew 12, 31 through 32. Now, this is gravely important. We, even in the church, even amongst the brethren, we have got to be careful what we're speaking against the activities that will go on. Now, I said we must have discernment. We have got to pray for discernment. We have got to cry out for discernment. I remember in my early college years being a freshman and being a junior, uh, it was really more, sorry, my sophomore year. It was really more so toward my second year freshman and my, my sophomore year, first semester, that I began to pray strategically and consistently, Proverbs 2, 2 through 3, where it says, cry out for wisdom and cry out for discretion and you will have it. And we have got to pray, desire and cry out for discretion and wisdom because we, we need it. We are going to have to discern 
who is working what, what is the source, is this right, is it wrong, and we got to get it from Holy Spirit, y'all. We cannot get it from our flesh. We can't get it from the other camp. It has to come from Holy Spirit. Now, as we're discerning, we have to be cautious that even our discernment is right as well, because we can be speaking against righteous activity from the Holy Spirit. We could be saying things against Holy Spirit, miracle working power that he's doing it. What Yeshua is teaching in Matthew 30, 12, 31 to 32 is. Therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the son of man, Yeshua, it will be forgiven him. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him either in this age or in the age to come. The title is the unpardonable sin. We must be careful that when the Holy Spirit is moving, that when the expansion of heaven's economy is on the rise, that we don't take to the works of Holy Spirit like some do and we curse it and we call it evil because there will be judgment according to Matthew 37, which is the key indicating scripture for this decade. By the words of your mouth, you will be justified or judged. So I encourage you all to cry out for discernment and for discretion, practice discernment and discretion. And if you don't know if something is sure or not, Hide it in your heart like Mary did. You know, I am amazed at the fellowship and the collaboration and just the instant eye to eye encounters people had back then in that time with angels. I mean, they knew they were and they literally saw them with their natural eyes. It wasn't like we're seeing in the spirit or we're making things up like we do much today. They physically saw these angels. And when things were being revealed and relayed to Mary, it was like, okay, this is too much for me. I can't understand. Mary did not curse the activity. She hid it in her heart until she understood the source and that it was right, validated, true and sure. If you're unsure if something is from the camp of heaven, don't make a quick judgment against it because you will be judged by that thing. Welcome in the increase of the Holy Spirit activity. It's what we've been praying for. We've been praying for, fasting for, wailing, weeping, singing, prophesying, crying, all that in between, above and beyond for decades about the miracle signs and wonders. It's here now. Don't fall into the camp of not rightly discerning that it's false miracle working or it's true miracle working and you're speaking against the wrong type of miracle working and you will be judged by the words of your mouth. The sixth primary principle is righteous discernment. Go figure. We just talked about that. Yeshua follows it up. He follows up the Holy Spirit's increase. He follows up speaking against the Holy Spirit's activity and the works of Holy Spirit after he he talked about a house being divided against itself. I can't be a demon working against demons. They won't work. I have to be against the demons working against the demons. And he is saying a tree is known by its fruit. That's Matthew 12, 33 to 37. So he's saying you're always going to know the source by the fruit that they represent. Now, I want to even caution you on this. 
there is going to be such great deception even against the church that even the elect will fall away. We see this in scripture. It's said so many times. I already gave you a point of reference in Mark chapter 13 that Yeshua talks about because of the evil and the corruption in our heart for the supernatural. Make sure that when you're desiring and longing for the supernatural, it's from a place of purity. It's like I did with seeking a word for the decade, or actually it wasn't for the decade, it was for the year, and I got a word for the decade. Make sure that your heart is pure, and it just takes some intentionality. It doesn't take long at all. He's not looking for anything but love, sickness, and honor. It doesn't take long at all, and he will multiply. He will triple that which you have put out. There will be such a disproportionate blessing coming your way as long as you do the two things. You have a love sickness for Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and you honor the Father. And in honoring him, you fulfill the greatest commandment, the law. Love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your spirit, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. And we will have right, accurate, precise discernment every time as long as our hunger for the supernatural, our hunger for prophecy remains pure and it doesn't default to a place of darkness where we're deceived and we think our light is dark and dark is light because Yeshua said, be careful that the light in you is not darkness. But the good thing about this is that there is going to be an increase of righteous discernment and we will know who is working for who you're working for the master. You're working for Yahweh. You ain't working for my master. You're working for a different master who disguises himself as the true master. I got you. I know who you are and you will be able to execute and speak and do thus and thus and prophesy for, prophesy against, pray for, pray against war against that falsehood that is posing as righteousness. That's an awesome thing. You have been enlisted into the army of the greatest commander ever to exist and will exist. That's a blessing. Welcome in the righteous discernment in this decade. The seventh primary principle is judgment against the wicked and unbelieving. Now, this is hard for some people. I'm not going to get into all this, but I had some interesting discussions with a few people in 2019 about judgment. And all I'll say is a few things. The Bible speaks throughout about the chosen, about the elect, about the sons of Most High God executing judgment against the wicked. Now, that scripture specifically found in Psalm 149, but it is written throughout in, in specific variations, frequencies, and different colors of judgment against the wicked. Now, I'm not going to get into who all the wicked is or is not. You know, that's for a different time, a, a different discussion, a different topic. But if you read Matthew 12, 23... Sorry, 12, 38 through 42, you're going to see who Yeshua specifically said is wicked and unrighteous. And with the right discernment that came prior judgment against the wicked and the unrighteous, you're going to be able to see 
This person is not standing for Yahweh. It's not standing for the honor and the remembrance of the name of Yeshua and is not working miracle, working power by way of Holy Spirit. This person is wicked and unrighteous. And you need to make sure you're standing in the right camp that when Yeshua opens your mouth or readies your tongue to be that of a, a writer, when you speak, you're speaking by the spirit of most high. You're not speaking by the flesh and you're not speaking by demons. The doctrine of demons are from hell. That what you release is coming from the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh. It is exactly what we see happen against Ananias and Sapphira. I say this all the time and people, some, some people, not all people are uncomfortable with this, but there's going to be an increase of things like that in this decade and in the end of what happened with Ananias and Sapphira. And they were Christians because they were unholy before the holy. That's what it's about. This is why we want to make sure that we are pure, that we are speaking the right words, the right time, that we are testing our hearts, our intentions, that our hearts are laid bare before the Father, that as Michael Jackson said, I'm talking to the man in the mirror. Yeshua said it like this, before you want to fix somebody else, fix yourself. So, what Yeshua is saying in verses 38 through 42 is that in these days, in this decade, 2020 through 2029, there are going to be wicked and unrighteous people, unbelieving people, mockers, bystanders, brood of vipers who are looking for a sign. They just want you, listen to me clearly, they want you to activate the power in your own will. That's called soothsaying. It's called witchcraft. It's called divination. We've already covered this thoroughly. Asking for a sign outside of being the sign or giving the sign according to the Holy Spirit and performing that sign is practicing divination, sorcery, and soothsaying. It's exactly what Balaam did. It's exactly why the, the Pergamos church was rebuked. Because they allowed those in their camp to uphold the doctrine of Balaam, who was a soothsayer. So there were soothsayers running all around the church. You cannot produce something that the spirit did not say for you to produce. That is working power from your soul. And that's all Satan wants you to do. That's what Satan got Eve in the garden. I want you to work power from your own will that's outside of the will for most high, because what did I say? Satan's end game is I am the master of my own destiny. That's what Satan wanted Eve to understand. You're the master of your own destiny, Eve. Oh, and by the way, so is so is Adam all the way until now, until whoever the last human being is born. You're the master of your own destiny is what the enemy wants us to believe. And whenever we step into that practice and system of not being used by Holy Spirit or our human spirit that is in fellowship with Holy Spirit, we are practicing evil from the wrong camp. Be careful. Yeshua said the only sign you're going to get is a sign of Jonah. 
Do not allow people to cause you to do things you have not been said to do by thus says most high God. Remember, I talked about the yes and the amen, the testimony of Yeshua. That's how he reveals himself and identifies himself to the seventh church. I am the faithful and true witness. I am the yes and the amen. If you don't have that statement from Yeshua to release or do anything, don't do it. You will stand in judgment against that practice you are working or speaking by your own flesh and by your own will. Now, the cool thing is we're going to see the exposure of the wicked and the unrighteous because their own evil is going to cause them to speak and demand things. And we're going to see the truth and the true prophets, the true sons rise up in this decade. The eighth primary principle is increase of the demonic. So we saw in the fifth primary principle and before in the fourth, the expansion of heaven's economy, the increase of Holy Spirit's activity, there is going to be increase of demonic activity. Matthew 12, 43 through 45. It's going to look like a lot of demonic possession. If you know anything about Hollywood or what Hollywood has been putting out from 2009 until 2019, every horror or supernatural movie has been primarily about demonic possession. That's saying a lot. Pay attention to the signs and the times. Yeshua said to the people, woe unto you. You know how to discern weather patterns, but you can't discern the signs of the times. That speaks to the impurity and the uncleanness in the hearts of men for the supernatural. You can't even do what's right with your gift, with what's been given you. And that's what I'm saying about how, pay attention to the signs these things have been out. The world has been speaking. The, the kingdom of darkness has been speaking. I want to possess you. I want to possess men and I want to wreak havoc and cause terror. I want to cause fear, which is never was supposed to be written in your spirit. That's not the spirit I gave you. But I want to do it anyway. And I want to cause my legion and my army to come alive. And I want to make an affront to the creator. And I want to use his creation against him. But the good thing about this is we got to go back to the second primary principle and the third primary principle where there is going to be an enlisted chosen army who are going to stand up and denounce the fear of man. And they are going to make sure they have dominion over time and that the Sabbath is made for them. They're going to cast out devils in the name of Yeshua, in the kingdom of Yeshua, in purity and in righteousness. They're going to sharply, accurately, keenly discern and call those things out. Even as the demonic activity is increasing, there's going to be the expansion of heaven's economy. Don't forget the good while getting lost in the negative. The good is better than the bad. Joseph said this in Genesis, what Satan meant for bad, Yah meant for my good. Whatever hell is being unleashed in the earth realm, it's for the glorification of Yeshua so that he can be reflected, hailed, represented by us, the sons of God, and worshiped. And he is going to empower us. The spirit of Most High will empower us to oppose these works. Finally, the ninth primary principle that we see 
in Matthew 12 is verses 46 through 50. And I have titled this the formation of the whole. I spoke about this a little earlier. We are coming out of a place of individuality. In the last century, we laid down our individuality for the whole or for the church, shall I say, for leaders. That's a better term. Around 2002 to 2005, Arthur Burke, Connie Fisher, um, Arthur Burke said it began in 2002. Connie Fisher said 2005 with the tsunami in Sri Lanka. I don't argue with either one of them because they're great giants. So I just say between 2002 and 2005, the world entered a great shift into a new era. You see, people are saying that 2020 is a new era. We've been in a new era for over a decade For over a decade, we've been in a new era and we are just now waking up to it. That's why I've been specific in calling this a decade in a time because we've been there. But in the last century or the last era where the individuals laid down their individuality for the leaders, this time frame since 2002, 2005, has been about the individual and the whole. We should see individual ministries, offices, gifts, callings manifest on an individual level as well as a group level. What I mean by that is all toes should be toes and they should be on the left foot and the right foot. If you're in one tribe, get in your tribe. Let me break it down a little clearer. If you have the gift of prophetic sight, you're a seer, you have keen, clear discernment, you might be a toe. And all 10 toes need to get together as well as be individuals, individual seeing, getting your tribe to see, then join with the foot. As the feet join together with the toes and come up to the ankles and go up to the legs, to the kneecap, to the thigh, so on and so forth, the whole is formed. This is what Yeshua was saying in Matthew 12, 46 through 50, that my mother and my brothers are those who do the will of my father in heaven. My brother and my mothers are not just my blood. We have got to get over that blood is thicker than water. And we've got to understand that people who are the quote unquote water, who are not our blood, sometimes they're thicker and stronger and they're called to be our tribe. We have to welcome them into the fold and we have to get into our tribe, not forgetting our blood. It's about a king and his kingdom and it's about the whole. It's about the body of Christ forming into the bride, into the ecclesia, into the one new man. It's not about blood. Look at what Abraham was promised, a plethora of sons of nations that were not of his blood. Look what Yeshua did, a plethora of nations of people, even those who once denounced him, including you and I, are in the fold, are welcomed in. That's what it's about. This one new man, the bride of Christ, is not going to be black. It's not going to be white. It's not going to be American. It's going to be the diversity of whatever Yeshua says is going to be, 
that I'm not even going to sit up here and pretend that I know what it's going to look like. But it's going to be the whole of those who advance the kingdom of heaven. That is his word in Matthew 12, 50. Now, those are the nine principles. I want to move on to some exhortations and admonitions for the decade of 2020 through 2029. We cannot say what we want. We cannot simply speak amiss. James warns of this. You have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss. You cannot open your mouth to speak in the decade of the mouth of speaking of manifestation in the year 2020 of speaking to manifestation just because you want to. It is working divination. It is working witchcraft. You're practicing soothsaying. Be careful. Be careful of soothsaying. Be careful you don't look like or fall into the same camp or temptation as Balaam. Be careful of the Lone Ranger mentality. Balaam became a soothsayer because he did not know how to connect in fellowship and become a part of the whole. He was individual. He was by himself. He thought of himself as either greater or lesser than. Remember, lesser than is false humility. So he really thought of himself as greater than the whole of Israel. And he was enlisted, hired and paid to curse Israel. Be careful that when you are speaking things, you're not cursing things that need to be blessed because that suits saying and you will be judged. Be careful of incantations and spells. You know, the opposite of prayer is incantation and spells. Make sure that when you are strategically praying, that when you are praying and entering into the prayer realm in this decade, in this year, 2020, you are not in practicing incantations and spells that what you are speaking, what you're desiring, what you're coming to agreement with heaven, what you're coming to agreement with Yeshua, which is intercession, is in fact from the third heaven, from the father, from the son and from the Holy Spirit and not from your flesh and not from hell. Be careful to guard your heart. That means when you get delivered so you can go out and deliver the others. Because let me say something. I'm going to get into this a little later. I just want to highlight it real quick. This is not about you. I mentioned this a little while ago. This is about the maturity to fulfillment. If you're still acting immature and like you need all this out of you, you're not going to get anywhere. You get delivered, stay delivered, and go deliver others. That was the process with the, with the uh, disciples. When you guard your heart, make sure when you're delivered, you get filled with the spirit of Yah so that that void, that space is full and not occupied by another. Be careful of divination. Here's a really good one. I taught on this when I was in De Quincey, Louisiana, briefly. Be careful of foxes, wolves, hyenas, crows, rats, and leopards. Now, these are all animals in the natural, but in the spirit realm, these are figurative examples of witchcraft, of spiritual assaults, of lies, gossip, character assassination, and disloyalty, of thievery. Remember the blocking of the wells with Isaac and the removing of the blacksmiths with Israel. That was thievery practiced by the Philistines. 
Be careful of the mob gang mentality to weaken or take out leaders and leadership specifically in this decade, in the year 2020 as well. There is going to be a mentality to take out spiritual leaders as well as national leaders with a mob mentality. That is the hyena effect. And be careful of sexual assaults, especially on the prophetic. In the year of the prophet, in the decade of the prophet, one of the things that comes against the prophet is sexual temptation and sexual assaults. Be careful of the leopard. Never speak what you hear. Sorry, never stop speaking what you hear from the spirit of God when it is time to speak. I set this opening up. Don't be silent. This is the decade of the prophet gift, in particular, the Romans 12 prophet, which is the motivational design, why people act the way they act, why they think the way they think, why they do things the way they do. That is the Romans 12 prophet, not the Ephesians 4 prophet. They are starkly different. But in whole, it's the decade and year of Romans 12, Romans, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4, prophet, prophesying, and prophet with the highlighted notion of the Romans 12 motivational gift prophet. That means it is a year, it is a decade for the design of the prophet to come forward in all of us. Accept the purging and the refining. As a decade and a year of the prophet, prophets go through so much refining and purging because they got to get there first so they can be deliverers of the rest. You want to make sure as a son of most high God that whatever purging process, whatever refining process you are being put through, you accept it and you go through it until the end. Be cautious of bitterness and hope deferred. You have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask with wrong motives. Make sure that when you're asking that you're hearing from heaven, you're hearing from Holy Spirit, that your heart is right and that it's found in Scripture. Listen, I learned a long time ago and then Arthur Burke came and he refortified this in my life. There is always somewhere in Scripture that you can ask the Holy Spirit, show me where I'm at in Scripture. Show me what this is in Scripture. Show me what I need in Scripture. And it might be something as simple as blue. Oh, that's where I'm at. And you take the foundation or the written, which is scripture, and you merge it with the revelation and then you go forward into your chosenness. <clears throat> Naomi built her hopes on her husband and her sons rather than in Yah. She became very bitter because she had nothing. She was no one. All everything was wrapped up in her husband who passed away and her two sons who passed away as well. So she went away to wither and die. But Ruth said, uh-uh, not on my watch. No, ma'am. But you have to be careful of becoming bitter over things you thought were supposed to be when it really was not only the protection, but the furthering of pushing you forward to become who you always were meant to be from the Most High God. Be careful how to estimate what's going on in your life. Some things are not curses or for your bad, but for your good. And be careful that what you are believing and standing for is, in fact, something that has been placed in your yes, in your knower, in your spirit by the Father. Because you can have faith in the wrong camp, which is just in yourself. You can be believing for something that was never meant to manifest 
by the Most High God. Remember to look for the yes and the amen from the faithful and true witness who is Yeshua. It is a decade of truth. Refer to Ephesians 5. Remember the brazen altar. The brazen altar was placed there for a sacrifice so the, the fire that fell from heaven from God would burn it up. It was the first thing that had to be done before going through the next phases in the tent where the high priests met with Most High God at the mercy seat. You want to make sure that in this decade and in this year that whatever needs to be burnt up and sacrificed unto the most high God is done, that you're being truthful, that you're being honest, you're being transparent. You are like glass. You are see through. You are eye to eye, cheek to cheek. You're not holding anything back. You are confessing unto one another your faults. You have your partner. You have your covenant working people and you are working things. Things out together with the collaboration and partnership of Yeshua, Holy Spirit, and angels on assignment. Don't let your glass be polluted by lack of confession and laying down things to be sacrificed. Let those things go and offer unto the Most High. We're going to get into more of this in the year of 2020, what that looks like. It's a decade to be innocent as doves and wise as serpents. Watch for the disputes between national leaders and the true prophets of Yah. This happened with Elijah. King Ahab and Jezebel were national leaders, king and queen. Elijah had a showdown with both of them individually and both of them together. And Jezebel came for Elijah's neck. There is going to be war declared on the true prophets of Yah from national leaders. It also happened with Hananiah. In 2 Chronicles 16, 7, he spoke a word from Most High God. The king didn't like it. The king put him in prison. It happened with Micaiah, 2 Kings 22. Micaiah is a true prophet. He is actually my favorite prophet in all of scripture. Micaiah could not speak what Ahab wanted him to speak. Micaiah said, I'm going to say what Most High God is saying. And if you go out into that war, you're going to die, brother. I'm not going to align with the false prophets that please your flesh who are lying to you. So what the king Ahab do? He put him in prison and he gave him bread of affliction, which means he barely ate anything. He wanted him to suffer for telling him the truth. There are going to be some true prophets who rise up or even not just the, the prophet of Ephesians 4, the prophetic gift in all of the sons of Yah, that when we speak the truth, we're going to be opposed because no one wants to hear the truth because the grave deception over the minds and hearts of the world, over the men of the world, is great by Satan. And they're going to want to have their ears tickled with deceptions and falsehoods and mistruths. Obadiah in 1 Kings 18 also had to hide himself and other prophets from Jezebel for speaking the truth. Now, this sounds scary. It sounds horrific. But guess what? You still speak the truth no matter what. Now, I want to pause for a second. I want to come back to a place of remembrance because some people think that speaking the truth is I always got to open up my mouth. I always got to say something and truth cuts. It hurts. It's supposed to. Truth is supposed to cut away at whatever that is holding in the falsehood and lies. 
And Yeshua was very meticulous about when he spoke and what he spoke. So here are some key indicating scriptures to remember about being a truth speaker in the mouthpiece. Speak the truth in love. And it's better to be a listener than a speaker is what James practices and says in the book of James. Just because there is a great anointing in this decade to be a prophetic mouthpiece and this year 2020 to be a prophetic mouthpiece does not mean we're supposed to be destroying the things that we're supposed to be blessing and the people and land that Yah loves. Keep that in mind. There is a timing, a seasoning and a rightness to speaking and applying truth. Truth is applicable all day, 24 seven. It's truth is truth 24 7, 365. We have to know when to apply it rather. And when it's due. For instance, it's true that we should never speed. How many of us speed? How many of us speed? So do I just not, not apply truth there, but I apply truth other places? That law still exists 24 7, 365. So we want to make sure that we're remembering that. Watch for the marrying of righteous national leaders appointing prophets, and not just prophets, but the variation of the prophetic gifts. So seers, um, uh, prophetic minstrels, um, dream interpreters, uh, and, and other people who don't maybe have the title or status of prophet, but they have a prophetic gift, they have a prophetic utterance, or maybe they've been um, overcome by a prophetic spirit like King Saul was. There is going to be a marrying from righteous leaders appointing the prophetic on their cabinets. It's what David did with Nathan, Gad, and Samuel. And this is something to rejoice about because we need this. Watch for the ushering in of righteous national leaders partner with the priesthood. Like Zadok, the high priest, and Hilkiah. You can read Isaiah 22, 21 through 22. Watch for the alignment of gifts, ministries, and offices. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. The book of Acts and 1 Corinthians 12, 5 through 6. This means there's not going to be one highlighted person, not one highlighted office, not one highlight, highlighted gift or ministry. The ministries and offices are coming and flowing and merging together because it's time for the bride of Christ to be one in the whole. It's time out for the great leader or leaders. And it's time for the individuals to know themselves and to be individual. It's time for the whole to come together as well for a rightness in both of them. You want to make sure that you welcome in the new era where the requirements now is wisdom instead of knowledge. Now, this has been again since 2002, 2005. It's been an era, a time frame of wisdom. We're just now getting it here. I'm hearing more and more people talk about wisdom, and I've been talking about this for years. The requirement is wisdom and not knowledge. Now, we don't want to curse knowledge. We don't want to forget knowledge. We want to bless knowledge. We want to use knowledge. But we have shifted into a time of wisdom, and we got to start acting like wise people. We got to welcome wisdom. We got to marry wisdom. We have to want wisdom, covet wisdom, seek wisdom. And we have to ask for the spirit of wisdom to be poured out and shut up on us because that's where we are, and it's a requirement. 
Watch for the spirit of God to be on the move this decade. There is going to be great ability, great anointing, great favor, great forerunning. We're going to be sanctified, which is set apart. There is going to be a setting apart from the sons. Watch for this. It's like I said with Goshen. There's going to be a sitting apart. It's like what Yeshua was when, when the, the mob was asking for a sign. They were only oppressing him and accusing him because he was set apart, chosen, identified by the Father. And watch for talents. We should see the spirit of wisdom and wisdom itself aid people in witty inventions where we know how to both find and create wealth. This is what I've received for the decade of 2020 and 2022 sorry, through 2029. Now I want to talk about 2020 specifically. 2020 is the first year of the decade. That means it's a year of first fruits. I want to tie this back with the brazen altar. It's a year to offer the best and to be the best so we can create, reproduce, the best. It simply comes back to honoring the Father and not honoring ourselves over the Father. We're not the masters of our own destiny. We don't choose who we will be over who he has said we will be in alignment with where we're going and working and partnering with him to become. So first fruits is the offering of the first of the best of all we have and all we are. And we see that there is blessing in the offering of first fruits. It's what Abel did. And it's why Cain despised Abel. Abel understood first fruits and how to offer that unto the Most High. It is the year of the beginning. It's a year of first. It's a year where things start to flourish and blossom and be new. So look for the new things. But I want to tie into what some prophets have said in previous years, the, excel excel the accelerated acceleration. Look for some things that are coming new to you to be accelerated. It goes with the word of this year now. When you speak, it's now. It's a year of honor. Not yourself, but the Most High, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, in honoring of each other. Scripture tells us that as long as it depends on us, be at peace with all men and to do good to the household of faith, the brotherhood, most importantly. Honor your neighbor. It's a year of responsibility from Yah. Being the first, the firstborn, the first day. Anything first has a greater responsibility from the most high because you sit or it sits the foundation, the principle, the precipice for the rest. So look for some responsibility to be placed upon you or expect responsibility to be placed upon you that you see some other people. Oh, how is he or she getting away with this or he or she don't have that? Take it as an honor. You see. Esau did not do that. And we're going to get into that just in a little bit. Esau did not take his responsibility as the firstborn the way he should have. Reuben did not take his responsibility as the firstborn as he should have. And it was taken away from them. It's a blessing to have the responsibility as the firstborn in this year, 2020 of the first of the decade. 
accept the responsibility upon you. It is a year of birthright. We must purpose to know, understand, and pursue our birthright. Watch you don't succumb to the flesh as Esau and sacrifice your birthright. Watch you don't succumb like Reuben and join in his quandary. Accept your birthright. If you don't know what that means, get before Holy Spirit, fellowship with Holy Spirit until you understand. It is revolutionary. I don't have time tonight to go into it because I've already been a little lengthy. But we have got to get our birthright so we can get to fulfillment. I've discussed it previously with Yeshua. Yeshua accessed his birthright, walked in and lived in it. That's how he was able to go into fulfillment. That's our purpose until the end is to get to fulfillment. This year, Jezebel and her cohorts are knocking at your door to silence you first and then kill you. Look at the world we are in today. It's full of character assassination and defamation, lawsuits, twisted lies, and the sorts to cause silence, to shut people up. There are so many decompressed, deflated, and silenced individuals who are the truth, who are living epistles of truth, who have the truth, and they can't even speak because they've been hit with lawsuits. They've been hit with character defamation, assassination, and the media is the big cover-up in so many avenues and outlets that you can't even see the truth. And that's where we have to apply truth. We have to apply discernment and we can't be silent. And we have to hit strategically with our prayers and our warfare to break through the falsehoods of the media, of character assassination and lawsuits and of Jezebel's knocking at the door. Be sure you are a true prophet of Yeshua. It is a year to watch for the mob mentality. The blessedness of this is that the opposite of the mob mentality is the ecclesia. Take courage. You're on the right path. We're on the right path. When men, Yeshua said, signs of the end times, beware of men, for they will deliver you up and they will scourge you. When you see this form of assassination happening, take courage, for they hated me first, so they will hate you. You know you're doing something Right. Stay the course because it's to form the ecclesia where you are the ruling governing authority in the voice in your sphere of influence and wherever you go. 2020 is a year like no other year in this entire decade. It is set apart. It is the beginning for the rest and sets the tone for the remaining years. It is the year to conquer darkness with light. We should expect to participate in more deliverance of self and to the masses, primarily to the masses. The father is dealing with sons, not slaves or mutants who are lukewarm this year. Sons know their value and are sent out to do the work of the father as the disciples, the 70 and then the apostles. Let light create miracles, then healings and so on as 1 Corinthians twelve twenty-eight states. Let light point to the son who reflects the father. Let others be confounded by the power of the Spirit to worship Yeshua and have a love fest with their very first lover, lover, Abba, not with you. Don't let the light in you become corrupt or dark. It is a year we should see witty inventions, innovations, turning over riches and wealth into the hands of the wise and those who love and choose wisdom. It is a year to discern 
times. Ecclesiastes 8.5, a wise man understands both time and judgment. Know when it is time for mercy and when it is time to stand in judgment against some things. Yeshua stood in judgment against the barren tree that would not bear fruit when there was life before it. Yeshua stood in opposition against the religious spirit. Don't toss between whether or not when you're supposed to be merciful and when you're supposed to oppose, cry out for discernment. In the early church was the apostolic movement under a prophet time frame. We should see some heavy activity with the apostolic and partnerships with all other gifts, ministries and offices as the early church did and in the book of Acts. And finally, it is a year to hail and never forget the preeminent one as we advance, which was the rebuke against the first church, the prophet church, Ephesus by Yeshua. Remember your first love as you tear down false altars, as you war, as you expose injustice, as you expose falsehoods, and as you expose false leaders like the church of Ephesus. It is not your own power, instead it is his power, and it is for the remembrance of Yeshua's name and honor by which the world should see and know for whom we stand. This is the word the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost have allowed me to release for the decade of 2020 through 2029, as well as the year of 2020. I pray that you are blessed. I pray that you are encouraged. I pray that you are not in fear or moved by men or by demons. You are only moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, everything that has been released, I seal it with the blood of the Lamb. I speak over you a an increase of Holy Spirit activity, an increase of faith, an increase of your spirit's fellowship with Holy Spirit, an increase to stand in your destiny as the chosen in whatever you've been called unto fulfillment. I decree you will not fall. You will not falter. You will take the word and the vision and run with it as it has been written. You will not allow it to stay on paper or in your heart. I decree over you activity, not religion. I decree over you great faith. I speak over you wealth, health, and greater anointing by the Father, by the Son, and by the Holy Spirit. Now by the power of Holy Spirit, I decree that no demon in hell, no man, and no angel that has not been sent by Most High God will not rob any word any purpose, any task, they will not impede, they will not hinder, and they will not block what has been sent forth for you to accomplish by the word that's been sent forth to accomplish by the Father in 2020. In the name of Yeshua, I speak blessings over you. I speak that you will go, you will run, and you will not be weary. You will be strengthened in this decade. I say you will know your tribe. I say the increase of your discernment will be great. I say the increase of the strategy and you're hitting the mark and the targets will be great. I say your prophetic acuity will be that so great. It will be likened to Samuel's. In Yeshua's name, may you go forth and be all who you have been enlisted in this army to be. Bless you and thank you for listening.